This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information at Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. Now we're talking tonight about understanding the Holy Spirit, and I hope that as we go through this that we'll, we'll begin to get a new understanding of what, what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our life. How many of you have ever just been confused about what God's doing in your life? Just raise your hand. Right? Yeah, it can, be, it can be disconcerting sometimes. We have to admit from the beginning that the Holy Spirit is sort of enigmatic, difficult to understand, because we understand what a father is. So God the Father, we extrapolate from our father. Our father protected us and looked over us and watched over us. And so we kind of understand God the Father would be the, would be the one who watches over us, the one whose image we are created in. All, there's, there's fatherly issues in our life, so we understand that. We also understand a son. We know, we, I understand what it is to be a son and what it is to have a son. And so knowing that, that, that kind of gives us a clue as to uh, God the Son, Jesus, and, and how we understand the Son of God. And then, but then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't get really any hint from his title, Holy and Spirit, because we don't know holy, and we don't understand spirit. And so we're kind of left in the dark. We don't really understand that. Uh, the Spirit is, is as much a mystery to us as holiness is. And yet that's his name. So perhaps we can understand the Holy Spirit a little bit better as we go through. Uh, theologian Wayne Grudem defines the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the ways we're going to find out who the Holy Spirit is as we go through this series. By understanding the work of the Holy Spirit, we understand who the Spirit is and how he's dealing with us, and then we understand his purpose in our life. But he says, to manifest the, active, the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world, and especially in the church. Not meaning in a church building, but amongst those of us who believe in Jesus. And so manifesting the presence, the active presence of God is the is the work of the Holy Spirit. Whenever two or three believers gather together, manifesting the active presence of God is what's, what's the intention. That's God's intention for us tonight. That the Holy Spirit is working to manifest the presence of God, the active presence of God, in and among us. He can do that in various uh, ways, and we'll take a look at that here in just a minute. The promise of the Old Testament was that God would pour out His Spirit in such a way that it would be like, Water poured onto thirsty, dry, desert ground. That's what he said in Isaiah. He said that he would pour out his spirit in the same way that water's poured out on dry ground. You ever seen that dry, cracked ground in the middle of the summer? You know, when you look at your lawn and peel back a couple of those, those blades of grass and you just see the dirt with quarter-inch wide, gaping cracks and they're just thirsting, waiting for rain. Isn't it interesting that God created the earth so that when it was going through drought, it would form deep cracks so that it could take all the water that would fall on it and draw that down very, very deep into it. And the same thing happens in our spirit. Our spirit, when we get dry, we have to open up 
to the, to, the, to the Lord so that we can receive whatever it is that he's pouring out on us all the way down to the depths of our being. And so we see that, that prophesied in the Old Testament. And, and so this, this water that will be poured out upon us, this is the, the, the water of the Holy Spirit. He said that he would sprinkle us with clean water, that the Holy Spirit would move upon his people, that the, the Spirit of the Lord would cover the earth as, like the way the waters cover the sea and a million other prophecies of the Holy Spirit. In fact, he said that this would be the age of the Holy Spirit, that this age that we live in, this time that we live in, would be a time when the Holy Spirit, this age is known for the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean he, does, he didn't see that there would be all kinds of other catastrophes and, and the hardness of men's heart and all those things. It doesn't mean that he didn't see that. But what he foresaw was the church age would be known as a time when the Spirit of God was being poured out. So let's take a look at what the empowering work of God is. First, really, there's only four things. So and I, I, I'm just going to have them pop up a bunch of scriptures there. I'm not going to read all those to you, but I'll refer to them. And, and then uh, and we'll just try to get an overview, an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what he is doing in us. The first thing he's doing is he's giving life. He works to give life. From the very beginning, it was the spirit that was brooding over the waters. In Psalm 104, verse 30, it says, when you, when you send forth your spirit, they are created. So this is a creation process. The Holy Spirit is working to create life. When, whenever someone is, is a, a, a born, we recognize that God's spirit is behind that. While we were in the, in the womb, the scripture says that he was uh, knitting us together and forming us together and, and, uh, and that he was working on the inside of us. Even when we're born again, according to John 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so once you're born again, it's the Holy Spirit's work, at least partially the Holy Spirit's work, to regenerate you and, and to, to work life on the inside of you. So when you're dead in your sin, you don't understand things, the things of God become very fuzzy, the word of God becomes uh, nebulous, hard to understand, and it becomes difficult to, to kind of wrap your brain around. Then the Holy Spirit comes, you become born again, and the Holy Spirit enters into your life, and suddenly you begin to understand the things that you're reading in the scripture, and you begin to understand God, and the Spirit of God begins to speak to you because life has come on the inside of you. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies also, through his, or although his Spirit lives in you. In other words, the very fact that the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you is a guarantee of a future resurrection for you. It's a guarantee of your spiritual life, your extended life in the Spirit. And so... This life-giving power of the Holy Spirit, is, is, its purpose is to stir the life on the inside of you. Constantly stir the life on the inside of you. There's no part of the will of God that God wants you to be dead spiritually. Why? Because the Spirit of God is a life-giving spirit. If you're dead spiritually, it's because you're not listening to the Spirit. Right? You're disobeying the Spirit. You're offending the Spirit. You're grieving the Spirit. But, but, but if you're... If you're if you want to be a person who's alive in the spirit, then you can know one thing, that you, are, you have a hunger for God's will. 
Because it's God's will that every single person here, every person who who's, uh, hears this message, that, that they, would, they would experience the life of God in their life. And that life of God would flow through them and in, into, the, into other people's lives and so that that power of the Holy Spirit would be working, giving life, constantly giving life. And, and the, the, the empowering work of God is, is there to bring life and also to give us power for service. You remember Jesus at the beginning of his ministry he quotes Isaiah 61 in Luke chapter 4. He quotes Isaiah 61 and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus announces in that moment that he's about to begin ministry and he's about to, to launch into the fullness of, of what God has called him to do, which is ministering life to people all around. And where we see Jesus walking around, ministering life, raising the dead, uh, 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 speaking words of life to people, and constantly ministering the, the word of life, right? The Holy Spirit is working. Jesus announces at the beginning of his life, the Spirit of God is on me, and that's what he's called me to do. At the end of his life, long after the resurrection, Peter then summarizes Jesus' life in Acts 10, verse 38, and says that all the things that Jesus did, he did by the Spirit of God. In other words... Jesus didn't do those things out of his divine nature. He didn't do those things out of the fact that he was the son of God. It, those things aren't proof that Jesus is the son of God. Those things are proof that Jesus is anointed by God. And so we understand that the purpose of the Spirit is the anointing uh, that comes upon us, and we'll talk about that another time, but this, this anointing that, that gives us power. And so when Jesus testified, he told his disciples in Luke 24, verse 49, don't leave Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, don't go do ministry, don't evangelize this, the, the lost, don't save those who are, that are, are lost, don't reach out to those that, are, that don't know me until you receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, ministry that's not spiritually empowered is not ministry that can be, uh, that can be used of God. And the reason for that is pretty simple, because, because we're being attacked on a daily basis by a, by a supernatural devil right and so when the enemy comes in to attack us supernaturally why would we think that we could do, we could fight him in the flesh so our our goal is that we would be able to be the kind of people who understand what the spirit is doing that understand that the purpose what god why do you have me here you have me here so that we can bring life to the people in this room when you go to work in the morning, why does God have you there? To be a testimony and to bring words of life and actions that speak life into people's lives, to bring life to those people who are dead in their spirit. That's the purpose. And then the Holy Spirit is also working this empowering. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That the Holy Spirit's purpose in, in anointing us is to bring us to a place of power so that we can we can minister, so we can do supernatural things, empowered supernaturally to bring supernatural life into the, into the lives of people, and so we can help them. And that's why the church has, for, for you know, decades and, and millennia, really, has been ministering life to the world around it. Wherever, wherever the church of Jesus Christ gathers, there are people who are are uh, reaching out to the world and building hospitals and helping the lost in, and reaching out to the incarcerated and, and uh, loving on people and feeding the poor and clothing the sick and wherever they go. There's no excuse for you not to be in love with God's church. Not the building, 
I'm not totally crazy about the building. But I'm madly in love with the people of God because they're the ones that God cares about. They're the, one that God, the ones that God wants to empower by his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us this empowerment. And then uh, Joel chapter 2 tells us that the whole, this time that we live in would be, there would be this outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would, come upon the people of, that would come upon the people of the earth so that the entire age would be known as the age of the Holy Spirit. The rabbi said there's coming a time when the Holy Spirit will be poured out on the earth. We don't like, this is before Jesus. They would say, they would say the Holy Spirit's going to come upon the earth and we don't know what it's going to be like, but we just know it's going to be the age of the Spirit. And so when Jesus came, they recognized that he had the Spirit. That's why, they, that's why we see them when they were speaking poorly about Jesus, that they were, they were blaspheming the Spirit, because it was the Spirit that was moving Jesus, you see. It wasn't that they were talking poorly about the Son of Man, it was that they were talking poorly about his anointing. And so the power to do the miraculous comes upon us, the power to have our prayers answered, the power to stand in spiritual warfare, and Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, that when we have done everything, that we should continue to pray in the Spirit. And so the spiritual empowerment of our life comes when the Holy Spirit is working life on the inside of us and working life through us as the, we are empowered to bring life to the people around us. He does it even through our prayer language, gives us uh, the ability to pray in, with groanings that are too deep for words, it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And tells us that when we pray in tongues, we speak not to uh, men, but to God. And so that we pray, and we, it gives us this inside language to speak to God. Mysteries with our spirit, he says in another place. And so we see that's the first thing that he, he tells us. The second thing he tells us is that God is a purifier. That he is working purification in our life. And so he, he is not only empowering us and bringing life to us, first bringing life to us, but then empowering us to, to go into the world, but then also that he is purifying us as we go. In other words, God is willing to use you as you are impure. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that God's not sitting up there drumming his fingers on a desk waiting for you to get it all together? Right? Because we don't have, God has eternity and he doesn't have enough time for you to get it all together. If That should tell you something right there. So he doesn't have enough time to wait for you to get it all together. So, so he uses us, and we step out by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, in the meanwhile, is cleaning us and sanctifying us and purifying us, using these biblical words to, to mean to clean out the closets of our life, to, re, to, to uh, reveal the, the habits and the hindrances and all the things that are on the inside of our life. These things are there to, to sanctify us, to set us free, to to help us to, to find a freedom and purity in our life. And he does that by breaking these habits down. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verse 11, this is a good verse, I want to read this. We see this, we see that God will take, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter where you've come from in your life, God will take your past and throw it in a garbage heap. And then he will embrace you right now. It says in Romans uh, 6, verse, uh, if we go back to verse 9, it says, Don't you know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? 
Don't be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, or slanders, slanderers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you can imagine how that would be received by a bunch of people who used to be drunkards and thieves and adulterers, and as they're listening to this litany, and then he says this, uh, and some of you, and that's what some of you were, he says. He uses that in the past tense. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. It's the Holy Spirit that's come into our life and set us free, cut the moorings of our past. And it's the Holy Spirit working life on the inside of us brings the, the, the power of purification in us. In Titus chapter 2, it tells us that we have the power to say no to sin, that the Holy Spirit is actively teaching us and giving us the power to say no to sin. Certain things, you know, I was powerless over, you know, and... Uh, and, but now as I've lived my life with the Lord, he's given me the ability to say no to that. The ability to say no to particular sins because the Holy Spirit is not only working life in and through me, but he's also purifying me and washing me clean and, and, and helping me with that. Teaching me to say no. I'm sorry, that was Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Teaching me to say no. Uh, then uh, the scripture tells us that... Um, that he is shaping us, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that he is shaping us to be like Christ. And he does this by this, what, we, what we know as the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of, bearing the, of having the Spirit shaping your life, that fruit is molding you and, um, and helping you and shaping you and taking you to the place where you are free from who you used to be and that you are, in, you are being molded into the character of Christ. Wouldn't you, be, wouldn't, it, wouldn't you be impressed if your kids came home a little more like Jesus from having been in church tonight? Huh? Wouldn't you be impressed if your spouse came home a little more like Jesus for having been in the presence of the Lord? Wouldn't you be impressed that if... Your pastor was a little more like Jesus for having been in the presence of the Lord. That is God's will. That's what the Spirit is doing. That's what the Spirit is working on the inside of us, changing and challenging and working life and bringing purification to us. We sometimes feel bad. God makes us to feel bad about things that we do in our life, and then we feel so bad sometimes that we repent. And we tell God, I'm sorry. And then we feel bad that we had to tell him, we were sorry. But we should never do that. It's a sign of the ongoing purification process in our life. Things I used to do that, I, that never bothered me. I had no pangs of conscience about doing them before. Now they bother me tremendously. And I go to the Lord and say, sorry about that, Lord. That was the flesh. You know, because God is actively working on the inside of me, trying to make me pure and holy. I know. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know if he can make you holy. Do you, have, do you believe that he can? I believe that he can. I believe that he can work on the inside of us and make us holy to the point that we have, a mind, we have the mind of Christ. And that he can make us think like that. And that's only as we listen to him, only as we choose to be obedient to what he tells us to do, and only as we are paying attention to what he's trying to work on the inside of us. 
Right now, the Holy Spirit is trying to purify some things in our life. Do you know what they are? Do you know what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life? When, when my mom walked in the room and she was angry, she would put her hands on her hips, and then she would get that one finger out and start wagging it. You've, you had a mother. Everybody in here had a mother at some point, right? So she would start putting her hand on her hip and begin to wag her finger, and she didn't ever have me wondering what she was angry about. She spoke in a language that I could understand, in a tone, sometimes shrill, but always loud enough that I could hear it if I was only paying attention. I believe the Holy Spirit speaks loud enough for us to hear, clear enough to our own hearts if we will listen. There should never be a time when we don't know what the Holy Spirit's asking us. He may be saying, you need to let this go. You need to stop talking like that. You need to stop doing that. The good thing about the Holy Spirit, he doesn't say, I want you to clean it all up. That's not what he does. He deals with one issue at a time. Thank God. Amen. Because we would be in mental overload. Do you ever, do you ever do an internet search? And then you just hit the enter button and all of a sudden a million things come up and you're like, oh my goodness, there's so much on, on this topic on the internet, you know. Imagine if you looked up Dave's sin. Boom! And then the internet just filled up with all my sins. Where would I begin? God doesn't do that. God just says, come on over here. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that attitude. Let's talk about that thing that's on the inside of your heart. Let's talk about... Oftentimes, it's not the things that I think are important. I think other things are important. Other things are more easily seen by other people. Can't we just leave the dirt in the corners back down there in the back of the closet? No one will ever know. No one ever goes in the back of the closet, Lord. But God knows that the fungus that is infecting your life came out of the dirt in the back of your closet. And that's the stuff that he has to deal with. So sometimes God is dealing and working and working a healing on the inside of you in such a way that he'll bring purity to your life, restore purity to your life so that you can be restored and made whole and so that you can be empowered and so that you can go on and do what God wants you to do. The third thing that the Holy Spirit is doing is he's doing a revealing work. He is the revealer. While he's purifying, while he's bringing life to you and working life through you, he is revealing. The scripture tells us that at the very foundational principle that the Holy Spirit is on the inside revealing who you are. If you're a new creature in Christ, then you, the Holy Spirit is speaking out and crying out these two words, Abba, Father. Constantly, why, is he, why is he crying that out on the inside? Why is there, you remember the day after you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into your life? Remember that day you just, the sun seemed to shine a little brighter, the songs were a little sweeter, the birds, even the winter birds, seemed like they had more to say. Life seemed a little better. Why, why was that? Well, that, that, that's all a part of this, this whole uh, thing that God is working on the inside of. He's revealing who you are. You are my son. You are my child. You are my, you're the, the one that I love. You are the, you, 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 I want you to know who you are in relationship to me because who you are in relationship to your past and who you are in relationship to your family and who you are in relationship to, to strangers that you meet on the street is meaningless. 
In fact, you can't even deal with that until you understand who you are before God. Once you know, I am a child of God, then everything else falls into place. Every, every gift becomes understandable, and the Holy Spirit is revealing who you are on the inside. And so in Galatians 4, it tells us that the Holy Spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, so that you'll know who you are. Not who you used to be, not who people say you are, but the Holy Spirit will, will show you who you are. You are a child of God. And God's Spirit is revealing your standing and your position in Him, that you have, you have access to Him as a, a loved one of the Father, that He is revealing that you are loved by Him and cared for by Him and that He watches over you as Father. The Holy Spirit is revealing your relationship to God the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is revealing the work of Jesus because the Holy Spirit's job is to glorify the Son. There's no part of us that ever gets to share in the, the praise of Jesus. When I say the glory of Jesus, I'm not talking about being able to be in the, in the presence of the Lord. We all get to experience that at some point. But I'm talking about we'll never be able to experience the glory uh, or share the glory of Christ because Christ alone is the one who's supposed to receive all the glory. And the Holy Spirit is constantly doing it. We used to sing a song a million years ago. Humble Holy Spirit, by your grace we sing. Why, and that, we remember we used to sing that key? Humble Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit never says, Look at me, I'm the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit says, Look at Jesus. It's always pointing to Jesus, trying to draw you closer to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a matchmaker, revealing who you are in Jesus, all trying to bring you to the Lord so that you, so that you have a connection to Jesus, because your connection to Jesus is everything. So, and that's why sometimes in the mystery, we don't always understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he's dealing with us because he's always, he's deflecting from himself and drawing us to Jesus. And that makes it a mystery and makes it more difficult for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is. But we understand that in Romans chapter 1, Paul calls him the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. The spirit of holiness is working this purification process in us. He's a Holy Spirit separating us out from our past and from all these things, and then revealing to us this new relationship that we have in God, that we are loved by God, that we are, we are embraced by God, that he cares about us, and, that, and he's constantly pointing us. And then he, he reveals us direction. He reveals us. He guides our steps. He, he, he goes before us. He comes behind us. He, he is leading ahead of us. The scripture tells us about the story of Philip, who is... Uh, Reading and, and the eunuch who is a God seeker, who's such a, a godly person wanting to know God. But, and so Philip says, you know, uh, um, he, he's, he's praying and the Holy Spirit speaks to, to Philip and says, run and catch up with that chariot. And God, by his Holy Spirit, moves him to that place where he's caught catching up to that chariot so that salvation will come to the eunuch's house. We see that the Holy Spirit's purpose in doing that is he's... he's trying to reveal the next step for Philip. In the same way, we are the righteous of the Lord, whose steps are being ordered by the Lord. He is, the Holy Spirit is, is the way we're supposed to live our life. He said that we should walk in the Spirit. That means to live your life underneath the Spirit's direction, that we're supposed to be walking in the Spirit. If we do that, then, then there's no way we'll fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 
So it says in Galatians chapter 5. When the church leaders in the early church made decisions, they said things like, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Just think about that. They were so in touch with what the Holy Spirit was doing and what the Holy Spirit was saying that they said, we made this important life-altering decision because it seemed good to us and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was speaking in such a way and working in such a way that, that they were aware and attentive to what the Holy Spirit was doing. The church was empowered by the Spirit, and so they were living underneath the power of that Spirit. And, of course, we have prophetic gifts that lead us and guide us and give us direction, and all these things are the work of the Holy Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians 14. The Holy Spirit is constantly revealing our assurance, bearing witness to us that we are the children of God, and letting us know that we are abiding in Christ. The Holy Spirit is revealing truth to us, teaching and illuminating. You thought the Holy Spirit was only there to give you tingles during worship, all this stuff that the Holy Spirit's doing. He's constantly working to teach you and to illuminate to you. And why then do we think that the Holy Spirit is so hard to understand? Because we, we have, in fact, at one, one verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says that the purpose of, one of the purposes of the Spirit is to teach us what we've already received. Did you ever download a, an app or a program onto your computer? And then you open it up and you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to use this. And then somebody comes alongside you and says, here, just click this and do this and look at all the amazing things this does. God has already front-loaded all your giftings on the inside of your body. He's put them on the inside of your spirit, man. Put them in your body. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in there. And then the Holy Spirit comes along to tell you the gifts, explain to you the gifts of God that he has already... He's your... He's your tutor to bring along to let you know all the things that God has put in your life. You may not think of yourself as a prophet, but God knows that gift of prophecy is on you, and so God begins to unpack that truth in you. You may not think of yourself as a, a minister. You may think of yourself as a person who sits in the pew at church. But God has bigger and better than that for you. You may, you know, you may have uh, something larger on, in your mind, and God may be showing you that and unpacking and, and, and leading you. That's, what, that's the revealing work of the Holy Spirit, to let you know what's on the inside of you. It's amazing stuff, isn't it, what the Holy Spirit's doing on the inside of you? The final thing is the Holy Spirit is doing a unifying work. He is a unifier. And so the work of the Holy Spirit works in us to bring about unity within the body of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit means the unity, the, the, the ability for us to have uh, unity and oneness together so that we have a connection. We have, now, I mean to have nothing to do with you on socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, you may have been raised completely different than me. You, you, your ethnic background may be different than mine. Your political views could be different than mine. Your, your opinions might be different than mine. Mine are all right, so some of yours are going to be wrong. But, but all those things that, the, that you hold to that make you you, those things are, make you you, 
But when it comes to the church, we are unified in Christ. Because Why? Because we get along? No, we may not even be able to stand each other at times. But it's because the unity of the Holy Spirit is working inside of us. And so I have to say to you, brother or sister. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's working that unity on the inside of you. And, you know, that's why he tells us to get rid of our bitterness and to, and to go before the communion table and to uh, check your heart, make sure you don't have uh, any uh, unhealthy relationships within the body, and if you have those unhealthy relationships, and make those things right. In fact, Jesus said at one point, if you are in the middle of worship and it suddenly occurs to you that somebody in the worship has, you're talking to Almighty God, and you're, and you're in the middle of worship and suddenly it occurs to you, I, oh wait, this person's mad at me. He says, drop what you're doing, stop talking to God, and go deal with that person. Go talk to that person and get right. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's working unity within the body of Christ. We talked about this on Sunday, that, this, that sin always works to separate. In the same way, the Spirit is always at work to unify, drawing us together, bringing us together. We're challenged by the unity of the immediate believers when they first came to the Lord in Acts chapter, four, Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says they were all together in one place. They met together every day, that they ate bread together, that they studied the word together, that they listened to the Holy Spirit together. Why? The Holy Spirit was making them into the church. Yes, officially, the Holy Spirit had entered them when they came to Jesus, but, but there was something else that was being worked out as they were gathering together, fellowship, breaking bread together. Notice they didn't talk about the bears. They didn't talk about, they talked about the things of, of God. Because that's what they're unified around. And finally, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which sometimes th these days seem to uh, be a divisive topic. These gifts are manifest for the common good. In other words, the, the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to be working unity within the body of Christ. Supposed to be drawing us all together. What is the Holy Spirit doing? With all those things that we just went through, doesn't it seem wrong for us to go, I don't know. What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Doesn't it seem wrong that we don't have any inkling of what the Spirit of God wants to do on the inside of our life? Or have we just given way to allow God to work within a certain little square and then told him that he has to stay out of these other areas of our, of our business, of our life? Maybe that's what it is. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.berwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.